Hi, this is Nina Serrano. I have in the studio tonight Arnoldo Garcia. Welcome, Arnoldo. Good evening. I wonder if you could uh, take out a few poems. Okay. Uh, this is a piece called Ghost Borders. And I call it the speech I never gave at the march to protest the 10th anniversary of the Operation Gatekeeper. It's a strategy that's caused all the thousands of migrant deaths over the last decade or so. So it just says, we collect our dead, our migrant dead, our ancestors dead, our families dead, exchange them, transform them into a ghost border. We stand today over the ground of ancestors who have fallen before us. Migrants walked across this park, this town, this part of Berkeley. Their spirits are here walking right through us on their way to work, on their way to their families, on their way to die happily, decisively, on their way to live, work, love, disappear, reappear, shadows with shadows at the feet of their son. They disappear in the darkness of the restaurant, the garment factory, the fields, the car wash, the mansions, the lawns, the gardens, the dry cleaners, the womb, the nannies, the bars, the dances, the ESL classes, the citizenship barricades, the county jails, the migra broncos, the clandestine graves, in the belly of the Rio Grande, the Rio Bravo, the canals. They disappear in the cities with unpronounceable names, anonymous apparitions, this ghost border. Our migrants live or die crossing the border into the jaws of assimilation. There ought to be an international Nobel Prize for migrants, for families with a hole in their homes. Migrants deserve a gold medal for the Olympics of international migration. Migrants deserve the right to run for president for Congress of the world. Migrants are the direct descendants, the torch bearers of 150,000 years of human migrations. We're all migrants. Lucy was the first migrant. Her bones can be found on the U.S.-Mexico border every day. Lucy is the maquiladora worker disorder every day. Lucy is the maquiladora worker disappearing in Juarez every day after work. Lucy is walking fields, streets, taking care of children, someone else's children that she loves, while no one cares for hers. Lucy is hunchbacked after 150,000 years of crossing borders. She still carries us all, suckles us, keeps the fires going. Today, we resurrect our migrant dead. I want everyone listening to lie down. There might be only, a, you know, 1,200 or so listeners today. Imagine 4,000, 5,000 bodies strewn across the deserts, dumped in trash dumpsters and caves or crevices and hung, hand-dug shallow graves. The smiling skeletons, the half-eaten bodies, the mountain lion chewed bones, the astonished skulls staring at the stars and the horizons never reach. Mothers giving all the water to the daughter or the son, dried up, death abandoning children to the wind, or mothers abandoning children to the wind. Each one of us represents at least two migrant dead. You become the third dead migrant. Lie down on the grass if you're outside. Lie down on your sofa if you're inside. Look at the sun if possible. Listen to the dust clashing in the wind. Feel your body consuming its own juices. You begin to hallucinate. Night becomes day. The moon becomes the sun. The earth becomes hell. Paradise evaporates. North becomes south. South is lost. The west is lost. The four colors turn muddy. The great migration seeking spiritual liberation becomes a disappeared people. Indians become Mexicans. Mexicans evaporate. The desert becomes a lake of blood molecules bouncing up, down, sideways, disorderly explosion, hoping to reach the sun, reach home, 
reach a throat to scream, reach an embrace, a hug, an eternal hug. No one is lost, yet no one is found. Lost, yet no one is found. The earth weeps, quakes, erupts, howls, coughs migrants from its dusty entrails. The earth weeps, quakes, erupts, howls, songs and dreams, miscarriages, is out of tune, bangs her head against the double border walls. Today, tonight, lie down among the migrant dead, lie down among their deaths, lie down among the ruins, among the flood of wailing families, virgin mothers and virgin fathers, unborn children calling out to their dead mothers and fathers in the nightmare of absences. Today, lie down, feel the land against your back, against your nostrils, against your lust for a good woman or a good man, a good love that never comes, that never happens. Die thinking of all that never happened. Migrants arise now in us, here today protesting the 10th and 11th and 12th anniversary of the border program meant to kill migrants, kill Indians, kill women, meant to kill anything that represents life that cannot be stopped by borders. Today, rise back from the dead to stop death from crossing us, from crossing the border, the double-crossing border. Today, arise migrant dead in each one of us. We march because we fear death, not just any death, the death of unjust immigration laws that makes us invisible, that makes us dead at their convenience, dead in the border, dead in the fields, dead in the emergency rooms, dead at the DMV lines, dead in the kitchens of any restaurant, dead at the sewing machines, the maquilas, the dead who can be deported at any time. Today, these soft chairs are, this soft grass is nothing like the, like the delirium of the desert. But it will have to do because we come not to die or only to mourn. We come to resurrect the migrant dead, resurrect their throats to scream out for a chance to live long, resurrect their skeletons to become enfleshed again, make love, toil, make full love, and live like there is no death, no possibility of death or disappearance. Resurrect in their footsteps, water, cool water, shade, a van with air conditioning to take them safely to their families to finish the journey. Resurrect, migrant dead, resurrect, scare us back to reality. Join us in this march for a humane border. Aboard, make love, toil, make full love, and live like there is no death, no possibility of death or disappearance. Resurrect in their footsteps, water, cool water, shade, a van with air conditioning to take them safely to their families to finish the journey. Resurrect, migrant dead, resurrect, scare us back to reality. Join us in this march for a humane border, a border that does not make us prisoners of empire, of things, of malls, of values which destroy communities, peoples, individuals who only look out for themselves. A border where communities thrive and people are welcome to cross safely. A border where the fence keeps us off the grass, not out of the world. A border without clandestine cemeteries, disappeared women, or families crushed by the anguish of shadows. A border with workers who do not arrive home hunched back or defeated by work. A border where no one dies a natural death, where the border patrol serves and protects, gives water and rides to the loss, carries no gun to ward off coyotes or thieves. Rise now from your chairs or from the grass or from your sofa 
wherever you are, feel the weight of those who can no longer rise on their own because they died of thirst, of work, of illegal borders, of overtime, of indifference, of ignorance, or worse, that you turn your eyes away from your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your family in need. Solidarity arise in your bones. Migrant dead beating in your hearts. Migrant dead breathing in your lungs. Migrant dead making love through our desires. Migrant dead smiling through our happiness, knowing today we defeat 10, 11, 12, 13 years of death. 10, 12, 13 years of border walls, border patrols, vigilantes, racial profiling. 10, 11, 12, 13, 12, 13 years of invisible deaths. Invisible people in our veins, in our chants, in our gate. Your slogans of laughter and your union with our dead, our life. Rise now, migrant dead, arise now. You just heard Arnoldo Garcia reading his poem on immigration. I, I'm going to share something that I'm still working on, but it's a, a long... It's called uh, War Poems, or it's called Poem War. Love, there's an explosion for each syllable of your name. A bullet, a bomb, a bayonet, an assassination, a barricade, a trench, hand-to-hand combat, a gun, a rifle, a machine gun, a war machine for each letter of your name. I pronounce you, and battles rage. We pronounce ourselves, world wars convulse. We make love And war has no out, has no chance. Soldiers wave to each other, drop their weapons into the rust of generals and presidents. So now your name unfolds a shell, an invisible ocean sighing in the spent shells of a deadly explosion, a drive-by, a car bomb, a grieving woman, a mangled son, a distraught laughter crazed, the crater of our tenderness, tenderness, Spent on ending that which ends in mass graves, mass mourning, half embraces until the coal, with the coal of your absence. Love, there's an explosion for each syllable of your name. That was an unfinished poem by Arnoldo Garcia, and perhaps in a few months we'll hear the rest of that poem. <laughs> yeah. I got this uh, poem from hearing this uh, experimental musician who who wrote a song that said, she said, I forgot to have children. That was Amy Newberg. And I said, I forgot to plant seeds. I forgot how to take care of the land. I forgot to have a community. I forgot the sun. I forgot the spring. I forgot to think of the future. I forgot to talk to my neighbor. I forgot how to hold a baby. I forgot how to get pregnant. I forgot to control my body. I forgot to take my pill. I forgot to vote. I forgot what time it was. I forgot to tip. I forgot to dream. I forgot to take out the trash. I forgot to smile. I forgot to make history. I forgot this land isn't mine. I forgot to make love. I forgot my lover. I forgot to brush my teeth. I forgot where I'm from. I forgot my grandmother's stories. I forgot to plant seeds. Wow. Just a little warning for ourselves. (laughs) Should I just keep going? Please. Okay. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. So this one is called Colors. And it's just, uh, it's, it's, for lack of a better concept, it's an environmental justice type of poem that tries to go a little bit further. So it's called Colors. The earth belongs to those who work for her, 
said Emiliano Zapata. The earth belongs to those who love her. The earth belongs to those who plant seeds with their bodies to germinate light. Our memory is a time bomb. Our memory of the four colors, our memory of the land of earth, our memory of a different sky. Our memory, our time here on earth, cannot be erased. Ours is a time bomb of colors, mestizajes, and dust that will explode under the tiniest and tenderest of pressure. The notes of a music, a word with fresh roots, smelling of moist earth and mud, the long hair of our happiness, the reign of our ancestors. We have a long memory. A tree fall in the forest of their forgetfulness as they move us into deserts which they believe were barren and uninhabitable, as they move us into migrant camps neighboring the fields, as they leave us behind in the inner cities of their wild abandonment. Chief Joseph is calling us to battle, he said, from where the sun shines and as long as the river shall flow, I will fight no more. Well, the sun is no longer shining, or shining the river's damned and poisoned, to battle until the rivers run again, until our own self-determination and the sun cultivates the earth in our hands that sprout when they grasp our bloods. Wounded knee lies frozen in the sun, wounded hearts that we dip our hands into for the warmth of their blood. I can read the past and the future that lies before us. This morning, I choked indigenous peoples, I choked five sons, I choked the great plains, I choked them all to death with my accelerator to the floor. Reduce lead emissions, the new spiritual mantra of consumption, hybrids, hybrids, not mestizos, hybrids. I ate 10 acres of Amazonian rainforest, my hamburger kings and queens, a big meal of habitat and cultures. But we are not a disposable culture. We have sown the seeds of our own sterility. You cannot compost plastic. Ten million years from now, they'll still be cursing us as our tombs glow and the bones of my people lie scattered in garbage dumps. I am nature, you can say. Our pigmentation is poison. The color of my skin puts me closer to toxic waste. Farm workers emerge from the mist of dusted fields soaked in the stomach of supermarkets. Smokestacks, incinerators, highways, health systems sprawl. Our words make peoples, our words make the wind burn in our throats. The environment, you say, is green. The earth, we say, is brown. The sky, you say, is blue. My skin, topography of your pollution, your appetite for the natural world grows and grows. These are days which are deaf and blind to our protests, to our hope, to our happiness, to our love. They are days deaf and blind, and we resist their televised mutations, and my throat growls our songs, and my desire wants to embrace her, put my mouth to hers, resuscitate me, make her an a volcanic explosion of our cause, make her blossom wings and wings. We are at a new time, ready to get together, bring new forces, new visions, the old ones, the new ones. Quetzalcoatl, the plumed alliance lives, Malinche, the grassroots woman lives. Crazy horse, our word lives. Zapata, our world lives. Our memory is a time bomb. Our memory, our time here on earth cannot be erased. This book that we put together with my two lovely friends, Beth Ching and Miriam Ching Yun Louis, called Chick Korea, 
uh, Chick Corea stands for a Chicano and two Koreans. It's also, you know, the pianist Chick Corea, and it's also Chick Corea, which is now well for a, a rattlesnake rattling, giving a warning. But um, in this poetry book, it has uh, my poems in my section. Uh, they cover from the time I was about 17 to up until about September 11th, 2001. So I wanted to read one of those those um, poems from when I was still a, could still say I was a teenager. <laughs> Written when you were a teenager? Yeah, yeah. And this was, of course, inspired by this very special woman that I still live with. I will name your presence rain, and your absence will lessen under night. Your face light, your voice ancient laughter. And when you fall, the metal of your being will scrape against the pavement, emitting sparks, howls, and an explosion from the crash. I will die in a homeland called tenderness, but only when you receive your land-given name. I say this because I've been on this path where light is rare and darkness the words that you pronounce for me. I cannot destroy the memory or the desire of you if I want to survive. I need both past and future to continue carrying this presence of you. You are an apparition rising from the earth, a premonition of roots, and your hands have no pity for our enemies. In the end, I will name you unconditional peace, the caress of an unalterable strategy after years of guerrilla warfare, where my weary heart can fight no longer without your hands and mine, your dark face reclining under the streetlight, peering at the stars, and I will come out from the desert that was you, your eyes trespassing my zones of liberation, scrawlings in your notebooks with my veins. I will name your presence rain. Absence will lessen under this night. What year was that written? Probably 1976. <laughs> it was written after spending a, instead of getting ready for a really big meeting the next day, I, I spent it under a bridge under the rain with this uh, woman named Moira. <laughs> that you're still with. That I'm still with. You know, I think that you know poetry is really deeply uh, spiritual, and be- by spiritual, I mean, you, if you're not listening, anytime you listen, actually, you're you, you're really listening to poetry, whether it's a poem or not, because poetry really is a dialogue, and it demands doesn't it really demand it just imp- or it proposes listening. So anytime you listen, whenever you hear a speech, whatever remains in, in your in your memory of that speech or of that talk, really is poetry. But the first step is always listening. And I'm saying this because uh, a long time ago, I was in also in a retreat of Buddhists, right? And we had a big battle around, unfortunately, a big fight over, you know, silence and the different types of silences there are. And that's, uh, silence is not the absence of sound. Silence is the presence of justice, I would say, the presence of poetry, the presence of being together. So I kind of wrote this poem against the Buddhists, and it kind of backfired on me because it became my, you know, like a just a revelation that we're all Buddhists when it comes right down to it as well. So this is called Meditations for the Vallecitos Mountain Refuge. And this is also just an, an excerpt. I breathe in rain. I breathe out green. I breathe in steps. I breathe out journeys. I breathe in wind. I breathe out sky. I breathe in laughter. I breathe out happiness. I breathe in chaotic talking. I breathe out community. I breathe in her. I breathe out poetry. I breathe in daughters and sons. I breathe out hope. I breathe in forests. I breathe out shadows. I breathe in canyons. I breathe out wings. I breathe in rivers. I breathe out oceans. I breathe in words. I breathe out mountains. I breathe in sage. 
I breathe out clarity. I breathe in dust. I breathe out the bones of my peoples. I breathe in oppression. I breathe out liberation. I breathe in fire. I breathe out clouds. I breathe in a bird crashed on the window. I breathe out glass with wings. I breathe in ink. I breathe out veins. I breathe in Buddha. I breathe out Mexican. Thank you. You've just heard the poetry of Arnaldo Garcia. Thank you, Arnaldo. Thank you. Mujer Art Exhibit at the Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts. Last year, I stood on this stage, my granddaughter Nicole at my side, translating my poems, speaking my words into a future I will not see and in another tongue. My history in this building vibrated, casting moving shadows across the theater ceiling of earlier scenes passing pieces of dialogues, faces forgotten or recalled without their names, the memories right or wrong, sketchy or in-depth, only the feel of them left to me, remembered faces that smiled, saddened, raged, cooperated, competed, encouraged, but all bonded together by the belief that art and culture are a human right. Once, the building was an abandoned furniture store. This ceiling, an open space with a wood-floored mezzanine all around and a grand curving staircase built to help the furniture customers fantasize what palaces their homes might be. This sofa, that lamp. Imagine walking into this huge expanse of three stories with a circling mezzanine and occasional cartons of leftover furniture. We had to imagine a cultural center here. Did we know how? How do you imagine what you have not seen, what hasn't been there? It wasn't our first empty building. We'd been to others. A former funeral parlor on Valencia Street that we rejected on those grounds. Though later I worked there when it became New College of California. In the 1970s, in the first years of the Centro, the men ran everything and the women were their secretaries. I couldn't imagine how it was going to happen. Then it happened. In the 80s, six or seven years later, what Petita Martinez called the longest revolution. The Centro held its first woman art show, women curators and women artists displaying their female sensibility. And today, it's an annual event with a thriving woman-led administration. But back in the empty furniture store days, up the stairs we went, wondering, is this the right place? How many people had trudged those showroom steps in search of a happy home, a place where love could be comfortable, safe, and grow? Already over 40, the mother of already grown children, I believed we could find the yes and the hope of our community as we climbed the stairs that no longer exist. Yes, we came to a consensus. Art and culture could blossom here. 
The dancers and the drummers moved right in as did our literary circle. Ladders stood everywhere to build walls and spaces for everything. The artists painted the mezzanine gallery and filled it with art. For the first gallery open, I scrubbed the floors with Dora from El Salvador, who had three beautiful daughters and created on canvas the memories from her heart, never mentioning the cancer that would too soon take her life. Scarlet looked at the deeply stained carpet of the sweeping staircase and stayed up most of the night painting it step by step an elegant gray. The opening, what a great event it would be. But inauguration wouldn't be an inauguration without a poet to bless the project. We wanted to invite Ernesto Cardenal, the poet priest from Nicaragua, a strong spokesperson for social justice and spirituality. Watchmen, watchmen, what of the night? But first things first, power. There is a bottom line in human enterprise, muddling the human heart, relations between lovers, parents, and children. Politics is its most deadly form, even in art and culture. In the community election, which faction would control the centro, shape its direction and services? The poverty pimps with their grantsmanship grants padded the meeting by paying disinterested persons to vote. The cultural workers and their hours of volunteer organizing and cleaning watched in wary silence as tossed beer cans hit the floor. It didn't bode well for art and culture that night. Tensions high, violence threatened the room. Then seven or eight men marched in military formation, not very large. They stood in silence and their moral force spread across the crowded room. Who were they? The Sandinistas, the exiles and immigrants headquartered in a storefront a few blocks away, working to free Nicaragua from the dictator Somoza. I don't remember a microphone or who stood in the middle of the room. No chairs. We didn't own them yet. Suddenly, the beer cans stopped falling to the floor. Did the paid voters leave or just forget to vote? The motion to invite Ernesto Cardenal to inaugurate the Centro and that art and culture be the center's focus from that night on triumphed. Then there was the man who wept at steering committee meetings, the endless struggles to meet fire department regulations, the people who left to fight liberation wars in Central America, and those who stepped in to take their place. Love passion and commitment the ceiling shadows whispered the song caught in the heating system and the plumbing gurgling and humming in the water pipes installed on the third floor for use in silkscreen and photography i married the man who installed that plumbing Ciao to each and every one of you. Yes, you, especially you. 
I'm Sue Fox, inviting you to come to our KPFA Crafts and Music Fair and look at my textile work. Modesty aside, it is extraordinarily beautiful work. While there, perhaps you'll have a moment for the other 219 craft booths, the wall-to-wall entertainment, the superb food and drink. I know you'll have more than a moment to pause and look all around and just feel downright, bone-deep, lung-sweet good. Good to be alive. Glad to be in this place with these people at this time. Two glorious days, December 9th and 10th at the Concourse in San Francisco. You'll find full information about it all and about getting there at kpfa.org or by calling KPFA at 510-848-6767, extension 611. Be seeing you. Gracias. Mahalo. Grazie. Merci. Mochakeram. Yorandiela. Abrigado. Asante. Thank you for listening and supporting KPFA 94.1 FM. Thank y'all so much. And good afternoon. It's 329 here at KPFA, 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. And coming up next is Free Speech Radio News. (laughs) 